Chinese warplanes once again intruded into Taiwan's southwestern air defense zone on Wednesday, marking the 23rd PLA incursion this month. Over the course of this year, 950 PLA aircraft have harassed Taiwan, twice the number in 2020. With China pushing its military ambitions, U.S. President Joe Biden has signed the National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal year 2022. The act includes approximately 200 billion NT in spending for measures to counteract China's military threat. Taiwan's defense minister has reacted to the new legislation. We're happy to receive help of the positive variety from any team or country. I can only say that because I haven't seen the details of the act. Whatever developments come from this, we will address each one only after assessing our own means. If there are things that we can work on together, then of course we'd be happy to cooperate. But cooperating doesn't mean we will accept everything they propose without question. We'll carry out assessments. Cooperation projects with the National Guard are within the scope of the exchanges, but I can't get into the details. The U.S. Defense Act calls on Washington to support the modernization of Taiwan's military and assist with troop training. It also calls for joint exercises between Taiwan and the U.S., recommending that Taiwan be invited to join the Rim of the Pacific exercise in 2022. It also asks Washington to foster cooperation and exchanges between Taiwan and U.S. officials in accordance with the Taiwan Travel Act. On January 9th, lawmaker Freddie Lim will face a recall vote in his constituency of Taipei's Zhongzheng and Wanhua districts. That same day, the DPP's Lin Jingyi will contest a legislative seat in the by-election for Taichung's second constituency. With just 11 days to go before the vote, the DPP held a press conference to show solidarity with Lin and Lim. President Tsai Ing-wen herself turned out for the event. They hold up placards as they stand neatly in file. With just 11 days left till their elections, Lin Jingyi and Freddie Lim appeared at the DPP headquarters in Taipei. President Tsai Ing-wen joined them as they got out the vote at a press event. I earnestly hope that these ill-intended recall elections and the abuse of power for political purposes by local factions will come to an end. On January 9th, we must win back constituency number two in Taichung, and we must regain Zhongzheng and Wanhua. That is the most direct and effective way to put an end to this battle. Today, once again, several people in Hong Kong have been arrested for disagreeing with their government. I wonder what will happen if my adversary wins the by-election on January 9th. What if Freddie has to leave after the recall vote for Zhongzheng and Wanghua on January 9th? What kind of people will take over those positions? Will they stand for Taiwan's values or will they stand for something else? Many people think that they can oppose a recall by not voting. We met a few people like that while we were campaigning outside today. They said, Freddie, I absolutely support you. It's so messed up. I'll absolutely not vote in the recall. That's not how it works, is it? I once again ask you all, if you oppose the recall, you have to go out and vote no. Lin is seeking to secure a seat in the legislature, while Lim hopes to hold on to his own. The by-election and recall vote are both scheduled for January 9th. On Wednesday, President Tsai issued a directive to members of her party. 
It's a fierce race. Over these days, we have to continue rallying for votes. So I urge all our party members, if you can, go to these two constituencies to help out. We must do all we can. The outcome of the votes might end up being a very close call. Let's do our utmost to win this electoral battle. My opponent's network is extremely well established at the local level. He has all sorts of power to mobilize people. So we can't take this race lightly. We can't look at the numbers on polls and predict an outcome. We can't afford to take it lightly and be optimistic. Lin has the full backing of the president as well as support from DPP lawmakers. On Wednesday, they wore t-shirts bearing her name, cheering her on in the fight to win a seat for the DPP. The CECC has confirmed another two cases of the Omicron COVID variant among recent arrivals, taking the total to 50. Most of the people infected were fully vaccinated. 40% of all patients developed no symptoms at all, while the remaining 60% experienced only mild symptoms, such as coughing and a runny nose. Let's hear from the CECC. We now have 50 imported Omicron cases. They were all detected within six days after arriving in Taiwan. 42 of them were detected on day zero. That is to say, they tested positive upon arrival. Taiwan has reported at least 10 imported cases every day in recent weeks. Taiwan's two-dose vaccine coverage is currently at 67 percent, where it stayed the past 24 days. With the Omicron variant taking hold around the globe, Taiwan may shorten the wait time for people to receive their COVID booster shots. Boosters are currently offered to healthy adults 18 and older five months after their second dose. The wait may soon be shortened to 28 days for adults who need to go abroad for work reasons. The CECC's advisory panel will convene on Thursday to decide on the measure. What won't be on the meeting agenda is any adjustment to quarantine rules. The CECC says its seven-day hotel quarantine policy for international arrivals will be kept in place for now. Omicron is sweeping the globe and Taiwan has not been spared from the impact. Already, several members of the national karate team have tested positive for the variant after returning from a competition in Kazakhstan. Some health experts have urged the government to shorten the interval between second doses and boosters. If it's necessary, such as if the person has to travel abroad or is going to high-risk areas due to work, we may consider allowing booster shots just 28 days after the second dose is administered. We should also identify priority groups for fourth doses. Though there are plans to administer boosters faster, the CECC says it's not considering any changes to Taiwan's quarantine measures. Recently, a public health expert conducted a simulation to test the effectiveness of current measures, considering the number of asymptomatic symptomatic cases and arrivals to Taiwan. In his simulation, the current system was able to prevent Omicron from entering the community. This works if people respect and follow the testing and self-health management rules. If that's the case, with the current data and frequent testing protocols, we can predict that there shouldn't be any large-scale cluster infections caused by Omicron. 
Meanwhile, a study from South Africa has found that patients who recover from an Omicron infection end up developing more immunity to Delta. Some experts have even referred to Omicron as a booster shot for the world. When people who already have immunity get infected with Omicron, in most cases it results in just mild symptoms. For them, the infection is almost like a booster shot. People who were previously infected or who got vaccinated and then infected by Omicron will have higher levels of immunity, I believe. The former NTU doctor says that if more variants arise, they may lead to breakthrough infections or repeat infections, but they may also be less pathogenic and less likely to cause severe symptoms. If that's the case, he said, then there's hope that the pandemic will soon reach its end. New Taipei is seeking tenants for a smart industrial park in Xindian District. It's the Baogao Science and Intellectual Park, which will host businesses working in digital health, telecommunications and other next-generation technologies. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with New Taipei Economic Development Department head He Yiming to learn more about the park and its resources for foreign entrepreneurs. This year, the new Taipei government unveiled the Baogao Science and Intellectual Park. Located in Xindian District, it's a building complex with space for 77 standard-sized factories, plus incubation centers and administrative offices. New Taipei invested approximately 4.1 billion NT into planning and building the park. We are strongly supporting companies in overcoming the problem of lack of industrial and with a self-built park encompasses over 66,000 square meters and provides 77 standard factories, administrative office and incubation centers for companies to rent. The Baogao Science and Intellectual Park is situated at a key location in New Taipei City that connects major industrial clusters nearby. The park is now actively seeking tenants. It hopes to attract businesses in smart city solutions and other next-generation technologies. Focusing on attracting next-generation and smart city industries to form an advanced technology industrial cluster. The companies in the park must emit low or zero pollution. In the first stage of investment promotion, we aim to attract next-generation industries such as information and communication, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, and uh, digital health. In the second stage of investment promotion, we intended to expand and attract industries related to smart city developments. Foscan Group and the Yulong Group have announced that they are establishing a cooperative electric vehicle uh, alliance to collaborate on the development of smart vehicles and uh, the semiconductor and the software research center of uh, Foscon Group has passed this examination and we will station in Baogao Science and Intelligent Park. The park can provide space for technology companies to expand their factories or research and development units 
offering a new testing field for emerging technologies. For foreign entrepreneurs looking to start businesses, the new Taipei City government provides several resources. Professional accountants, lawyers, and mentors fluent in English and Japanese can provide taxation, legal, and business consultation. Startup accelerators can also provide support. Assistance in various areas is offered, such as searching for startup space office capture and uh, talents. The new Taipei City government has launched the Young Stop Fuzhou Startup Space in Ban Chao, offering a two-year below market rate uh, preferential rent plan to attract foreign entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs can rent startup space for 20% of the market rate in the first year and 50% of the market rate in the second year. The new Taipei City government hopes to offer a friendly environment for businesses, creating a hub for next-generation technology development. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Zhong Shuhui in New Taipei City. The Taipei Metro is getting ready for another busy New Year's Eve this Friday. As in previous years, the Metro system has appointed crowd control ambassadors to keep people moving before and after the countdown event in Xinyi District. With long waits for train expected after the event, the ambassadors are putting tricks up their sleeves to make the wait a little more enjoyable. They've got the moves and they chant along to the beat. The Taipei Metro's crowd control ambassadors are ready for action. Some of them will be singing to entertain people lining up to go home. And just in case standing in line in the cold isn't bad enough, the ambassadors are also loaded with corny jokes. Do you know Professor Agasa from Detective Conan? Do you know what he used to do before the show? No? Well, he was just graduate student Agasa. After the New Year's countdown in Xinyi, crowd control measures will be in place at the blue, red and green lines on the Taipei Metro. There will be three crowd control checkpoints at the entrance, at the gates, and on the platform. Staff will control the crowds to ensure everyone can ride the MRT safely. As in previous years, the Taipei Metro will offer services through the night. That's 42 hours straight from 6 a.m. on December 31st to late night on January 1st. Last year, New Year's Eve fell on a working day. But this year, it's the first day of a three-day break, so it's a little different. Also, due to the pandemic this year, we expect there to be fewer than the 2.58 million people we saw last year. The crowd control ambassadors will be hard at work at the Taipei City Hall, Taipei 101, Xiangshan and Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall stations. They will also hand out small keepsakes to usher in the new year. Meanwhile, Kaohsiung is preparing to ring in the new year with a star-studded mega-concert by Da Gang Bridge. The lineup includes King of Rock, Ubai, and Golden Melody Award-winning punk band Fire X. Organizers have also arranged a very special appearance by two naval frigates. One is a Chenggong class and the other a Lafayette class. The pair will form a one-of-a-kind backdrop as Kaohsiung counts down to the new year. 
On Wednesday afternoon, the two ships were seen traveling from their base in Zhuoying District to Kaohsiung Port, where they'll be moored during the concert. The ships attracted attention as they made a smooth 180-degree turn to enter the port and slide into position. Taiwan's leading research institute is applying its latest technologies to long-term care. The Industrial Technology Research Institute, or ITRI, has partnered with Taiwan's Zhonghua Senior Care and Japan's Social Action Organization to offer a customized long-term care service built with ITRI's artificial intelligence and big data computing technologies. The venture aims to help Taiwan become a global leader in smart medicine and healthcare. It also made possible with support from the economics ministry. With help from teleconference equipment, representatives from eTree, a care service provider, and a Japanese company reach out to hit the start button simultaneously. With that, they inaugurated SmartCare 3.0. For a person, an older person, most of the data will come from the home or from the community. It won't necessarily be from hospitals or medical institutions. This lets older adults know where on the scale their data falls, whether it's trending up or down, what they should do, what they should eat, what they should wear, who they should engage with, and what they should do. This achieves a very good national care network. With support from the Economics Ministry's Department of Industrial Technology, ETRI established a Smart Medical Care Alliance last August. The alliance integrates technologies in artificial intelligence, semiconductors, communications, and information security to create a new model for long-term care services. This year, ETRI partnered with a Japanese company and a domestic care provider to harness the power of big data. Their solution can digitize the everyday conditions of an older adult at home to make care more convenient. In the future, everyone from the individual to families, communities, institutions and hospitals, everyone will be able to share this data. We can bring this data to the international level. Once it's out there on the international level, the software and hardware will also be brought over. The entire medical care system for older adults might be reconstructed because of this data. In its 2030 technology strategy and roadmap, eTree aims to apply technology to the domain of quality health. It's focusing development on key technologies, such as those in smart medical electronics, regenerative medicine, and pharmaceutical research and development. Through cross-domain innovation, it's building a fresh industrial ecosystem for smart medicine and care, and ushering in a new era of smart care for people of all ages. The European Economic and Trade Office and EU member states' offices in Taiwan have launched a cooking show on YouTube called Taste of Europe. The 15-episode series will feature European dishes cooked by different European diplomats in Taiwan. In the first episode, Austrian representative to Taiwan Roland Rudolfer teaches the audience how to make Austria's national dish, the Wiener Schnitzel. Let's take a look. Vienna in the restaurants uh, you would only be al- be allowed to call it Wiener Schnitzel when you call it uh, when you use veal. Austrian representative to Taiwan Roland Rudorfer introduces the ingredients needed to make the Wiener Schnitzel. The ingredients include veal cutlets, eggs, flour, breadcrumbs, salt, pepper, cooking oil, and lemon. And then we will start to beat it up, actually quite strongly, really. 
Once the ingredients are ready, it's time to flatten out the meat before adding a bit of salt and pepper. I want to get it really neatly coated, coated in, in flour so that it's actually white. After that's done, coat the cutlet in flour before dipping it in egg wash. It's important that all parts, all parts become a little bit wet with egg. Otherwise, the breadcrumbs will not hold. So we put actually a quite a lot. generous amount. A quite generous amount so that it actually floats so that both sides it's are like being baked, being fried. In Austria, very often for the taste, we use pork fat. Lard. Lard, yes. So because then it gives it another special taste, you know. Okay. Now we can already put it in. Wow. Right. Two minutes to three minutes both sides, and depending oh, on the coloring. The color. It should be like, like a, either you have it Golden light brown, ish. golden, golden brown. This YouTube cooking show is titled Taste of Europe. 15 EU representatives to Taiwan will teach viewers how to cook and prepare dishes from their hometown. Hi, I'm Filip Grzegorzewski, representative of the European Union to Taiwan. In Europe, we are passionate about what we eat. And we are very proud of the diversity of our culinary culture. We all have dishes remind us of our hometowns and regions. I know that our friends in Taiwan share the same passion for food. A new episode of Taste of Europe will be released each Friday. EU member state offices in Taiwan will teach viewers how to make authentic European dishes right in the comfort of their home. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei.